This is One Oak Church. We exist to share the hope of Jesus. No matter who you are or where you're at in life, you are welcome. Our mission is simple, to bring people that are far from God close to Him. Tune in as Pastor Robbie Emery shares how we change the world by loving God and loving others. Isaiah 41 and 13. I have a firm grip on you. I'm not letting you go. I'm telling you, don't panic. I'm right here to help you. So as a church, I would challenge you, I would implore you to speak love and speak life. That's what's going to change things. In a world that we see so many social injustices, so many things happening around us, as a church, we need to get involved. How do we do that? We start loving the way the Word of God tells us to love. To love others. Not just people like us, but to love everybody. Speak love and speak life. This week, this big kind of elephant emerged, this it factor. And if you're wondering what it is, the heavy cloud that seems to be casting a shadow over so many communities, for so many states, and ultimately possibly our country, over these past few days, this it, fear. It's not, it has a name, but it doesn't have a face. It has a name, but it doesn't have a political office. It doesn't have a political affiliation or it doesn't even ask for your vote. It's fear. Fear is that person you don't know. You're afraid they hate you. Or wants to do harm to you simply because of your skin color. Fear that a person you thought you knew has hidden a secret contempt for you all this time. Fear that your religion or beliefs might get you banned from your country and so on. Fear, that's fear. The good news is that the proven remedy for fear is love. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. There's, a, there's people everywhere afraid. There's children who are afraid. My God, Kids should not be afraid, folks. They're afraid. Afraid of things they've seen, things they've heard. How do we stop that? How do we come against it? We as a church, as Jesus followers, must be people who love this unconditional agape love. Where it doesn't matter where you come from or where you've been or where you're going. I love you because you are a human being. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. Imago Dei. We all are. Not just one of us. Not just a few of us. We all are. Every one of us. 
And I believe when we wake up and realize that today, if we would walk through this life, if you would just go through this life simply saying this, turn to the person next to you and repeat these words. You're more important than me. Tell them that. You're more important than me. Can you imagine walking through life like that? Can you imagine crossing the paths of a person like that? When you have that mindset, you're more important than me. Love will just pour out. Perfect love drives away fear. Perfect love is undefeated. Perfect love is at the ready, just waiting for you to use it. That's perfect love. The holster of your life should not be hate. You should not have hate at your sidearm. It should be love. That's what I'm going to use. I'm going to use love. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show love today. When I go to work, I'm going to show love. They may, they may try to show fear. They may try to express fear. They may try to hate on me, but I'm just going to throw love. People for the past few days have been drinking haterade and eating hater tots. But I'm just going to show love. I'm telling you, that's the way we do it. Love God, love people. Change the world. Love that is perfect is given away and asks nothing in return. Perfect love is steady. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't have an agenda. It never gives up. It always forgives. It always looks for the best, no matter what has happened in the past. Love isn't puffed up. Love is not out to prove itself right or win in any arguments. Love never roots for anyone to fail. That's what love is. That's what the Apostle Paul said that love is. And when I got married to my wife, I shared those vows with her, that same scripture. And that same scripture holds true to us as individuals today, not just to husband and wife, but to every person on the planet. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Fear is no match for this love. Perfect love is real. Fear is an illusion. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's not of God. We have to believe in it for it to have any power. If I believe in the fear, then it has power. But if I don't believe in it, if I'm not putting any energy towards it, then it has no effect. I'm going to walk out in love. I'm going to act in love. That's what our world needs. Fear feeds on our cooperation. When we cooperate with fear, it breeds hate. Nothing good ever comes from hate. Hate equals hate equals hate. You can't change it. You can't hate something and make it better than what it was. You can't say, I hate that and make it better. And unfortunately, this week, we, I saw a lot of hate to the point I shut it out. I can't take it anymore. I didn't have the television on in my home. 
Because what we need to do is express love. Just a few miles away at a school in our city got national attention because children were saying things that they should never be saying. Never! But the media grabbed hold. My mind was blown. And thank God, a few days later, someone put up something else that happened in a school, and someone went through the school, and on every locker, there was a bunch of different colored, rainbow-colored things that said, I love you, you're good, you're great, you're a winner, all these positive things. That's love. That's what I want my little girls to see. That's what I want my son to see. Choose only words that communicate love. Do the things that demonstrate love. If you team up with love, you will always win. Life without love is the worst kind of bankruptcy. Nothing we do matters if love isn't in it. So send fear packing. Tell it you have no more fuel to give it. Push back the clouds of heaviness. Drown out the sound of anything that sounds like hate and align yourself with a proof winner of love. No fear, just love. If you call this your church, if you call me your pastor, please know this. We will be a church that loves others. We love all people. Doesn't matter the race, the gender, the self classification. We love Republicans. We love Democrats. We love wherever you fall. We love all people of all economic status. We love everyone. Everyone. Let's start showing that. I'm not one of those guys or even one of those pastors. Please know if you follow me on social media. You'll see a lot of pictures of my kids. You'll see me say things in scripture and some quotes that I think are cool that I made up. I post things. I don't post a lot of opinions. I think social media gets really muddy. There's a lot of people talking. A lot of people saying a lot of things in this room just gets really loud. Loud noises. That's what I think. I just get, ah. It's a muddy platform at times. Shouting, and I'm not going to add to the commotion. But I did see something that was encouraging. Those notes of encouragement This afternoon, I'm going to go buy a bunch of sticky notes. I am. I don't know where I'm going to put them. You might find them on your car. I don't know. And you're going to know it's for me. I'm just going to say, I love you. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. Trust me today, this is, this is not a soapbox. 
but a special service announcement. You know how many times I text my wife this week saying, babe, should I say something? Do I need to say something? I, I just feel in my heart I want to say something because our church is love you, love God, love others. I just, I just want to make sure that we as a church express the love of Jesus Christ who's put in our heart. Not just come to church and receive the love of Jesus, but express the love of Jesus. Amen? Okay, we will now resume our regularly scheduled preaching. You got to stay there, John. You got to stay there. Can you hear me? <laughs> Big baseball fan growing up. What time is it? I don't want to preach too long. Oh, there it is. Good. He's <laughs> like, we have enough instruments for all of you to play an instrument today. <laughs> don't do it. Please don't come up here and touch anything. <laughs> especially that tambourine. I know where some of you, you were brought up in a tambourine playing church. Just leave that there. That's not for here. Amen. And the church said amen. Just kidding. Kind of. Arguably one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He was one of my favorite growing up. His name is Ricky Henderson. In fact, this was Ricky Henderson's rookie card. And I actually had Ricky Henderson's rookie card. He was a leadoff hitter for the Oakland Athletics. Ricky Henderson. One of the most tenacious hitters. One of the most fierce baseball players. Incredible hitting average, incredible stolen base percentage was amazing. He was on base so many times that his stolen bases were up there. Ricky Henderson, incredible. When he was signed by the Oakland Athletics, man, he was signed to a great contract. And on Mike and Mike, which is a sports show, they're asking Ricky all these different questions about his about some stories that they had heard about him and some things, and he put some of those down, and he like, none of that happened. And they asked him another question. Now, Ricky, when you were signed with the Oak and the Athletics, did they write you a check for a million dollars? Yeah. And the story goes like this. Well, Ricky signed with the Oak and the Athletics, and he was given a check for one million dollars. He ultimately, in that moment, became a millionaire. Ricky took that check home and after a few weeks later, the head office of the Oakland Athletics called Ricky Henderson. Said, Mr. Henderson, did you receive that check that we, we gave you? Did, you? did you lose it? Do you still have it? Yeah, I got that check. Well, sir, what did you do with it? He said, oh, I took it and I framed it. I hung it in my house. They said, sir, we're going to need you to cash that. You can make a copy of it. You're going to cash that. See, he had a million-dollar check, but he wasn't a millionaire until he did something with it. He had such great value, but it was hanging on the wall. It was there. But it didn't mean anything. 
Because he didn't understand the process yet. I've got to take this to the bank. I'm going to have to open up an account. I'm going to have to cash it. And then I can withdraw the funds that were given to me. But hanging on the wall, it's not going to do anything. I don't want to be hanging on the wall, church. I don't want God to deposit, give me something, and never do anything with it. I want to make sure I have an understanding of what he's given to us. Put in our possession. And so we take it and do something with it. It's not just a hanging on the wall Sunday church. It's God's deposited something in me. When I go to work tomorrow, I can put into action the value that he's placed in my life. Come on Sundays. Come to church. Take notes. Memorize things. Take pictures. Whatever you have to do, tweet things. I call those digital amens just at Robbie Emery. I love it. Makes me feel good. Take it with you. Do something. We've been talking about stranger things. I asked a question last week. How many know of strange people? Strange people in your world. You may work with them. You may be sitting next to them. And if you don't know any strange people, that's because you're the strange person. It's usually the case. But more than just being strange, I believe God is calling us to step out into the area that's different. An area that's unusual, an area that's a little weird. It's uncommon to us, but very normal to Him. It's the realm of the miraculous. It's the realm of the unknown. It's the realm of demonstrations. It's the realm of seeing God do something in us and through us. That's what we're talking about. I want to invite you to follow the teachings of Jesus and see what he's done. And Jesus led a strange life. Even his own disciples thought he was there to tear down the Roman government, but wasn't there to do that. What are you here to do then, Jesus? I'm here to lead a ministry and I'm here to give my life. Jesus stepped out of what was normal to do something that was different, strange, weird. Because the normal religion of that day was working, he had to do something different. If we take the Bible aside and we look at what's normal in our culture, normal in our culture is our schedules, right? Our schedules, we're overwhelmed, we're rushed, we're stressed, that's normal. That's most of us in the room. We're panicked. Never enough time for what's truly important because we're overwhelmed with the urgent and missing out on the quality. What's normal when it comes to money today? Normal, well, normal is the pursuit of material things which never make us happy. Normal is broke, right? Normal is in debt. Normal is in financial fear. Normal is fighting about money. If that's normal, I don't want normal. I want to be a little strange. I want to be different. I want to be outside that box. If that's the normal box of culture, I want to be different. I want to be strange. 
You're like, Pastor, you're already a little strange. I heard somebody say just a little. They like agreed with me. It's only three. Normal is feeling like there's got to be something more, but you just can't quite find what it is. Normal's not working. So we're going to talk about some strange things today. 1 John 2 and 20. 1 John 2 and 20. Short scripture. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. You have anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. God has deposited something in every one of you in this room. Every one of you. I believe he's called us to pour it out. Anointing is his spirit. The anointing is the presence of God. That's what anointing means. The anointing is not just on one of us, it's on every one of us. I was raised in a culture where the anointing was just for one person or one area of the church. No, the anointing is on every one of us. Every one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. God, we believe, we know, God, that our lives are in your hands. And if our lives are in your hands, God, then our country, our world is in your hands. And God, we're going to trust you every day. God, we're going to pray like it depends on you, and we're going to work like it depends on us. So we're going to love every day of our lives. When hate is being pushed, God, we're just going to love. We're going to love everybody, God. God, I pray today that we would see what you're going to do in this place and in our lives, God, not just in this moment, but when we leave here. And God, you would call us to be strange people. God, I ask you, Lord, that you just do a great work today. And we, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for not not allowing the lions to lose today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Some of you are like, what's that mean? It's bye week, folks, bye week. Anyone remember Blockbuster? (laughs) God rest its soul, (laughs) right? Blockbuster, I remember going to Blockbuster, and uh, you can go, you're good, John. Like, you got to come back in like 10 minutes. You got to go potty and come right back, man. (laughs) But Blockbuster, I remember you would go to Blockbuster, and you got your Blockbuster card. I remember when I first got my Blockbuster card, that was like the big deal. I think I had a Blockbuster card before I had a license. That was kind of cool, right? You got a Blockbuster card, and you'd go to Blockbuster. It's been like 90 minutes in Blockbuster. You'd go everywhere. You'd like go down the new releases and like after nothing you're going to see. Then you'd go down the drama aisle and then you'd go down the action aisle. You'd go down the comedy aisle. I love movies. Like, like movies, I don't know if you can call it, but it's kind of a hobby of mine. I don't know if movies can be a hobby. I don't know. I enjoy a movie. I do. I enjoy it. I love taking my kids to a movie, take out a loan, then I take them to the movies. I do. But there's something about my, I don't know if I just, I just get so caught up in the movie, I, I don't, I'm not connected to what they're saying. I'm, 
my friend John, who sits on the front row here, he'll watch a movie one time, and he's that person who can remember everything that's said. He can quote movies. Like he'll get, every Sunday we're just talking, and he quotes a movie. He shares movies. That was incredible. I'm like, you're like a genius. You're like a movie savant, man. Like his movie IQ is like off the charts. I love superhero films. I do. I went and saw Doctor Strange. I don't know if you like that, if you're okay with that. You may not like me for seeing Doctor Strange, but I did. I like, because I like superhero movies. I do. I love this, almost the storylines in all the superhero movies, though. They always, like, with great power comes great. Come on. You guys like superhero movies, too. You just don't admit it. Come on, be real, folks. The real you. With great power comes great responsibility. And they begin to talk about this, this thing is in you. You have great power within you. There's always these coaches. Like all superheroes have a coach. Like I don't even know if they have power, but they do. And they always have someone alongside with them calling that out in them. Here's what I know. I'm speaking to a room full of superheroes. I'm not talking about the fake movie superheroes. I'm talking about real life superheroes. And God has actually pushed me up here today to let you know that. That you have incredible ability inside of you. You have great power and therefore comes great responsibility. Now you're not gonna be able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. You're not gonna be able to stop bullets. You're not gonna be able to see through walls. No, those are not the abilities that you have. But you have these abilities to Pour out what God has poured into you. This love, this understanding, this way of life, this hope, this trust. You have that in you. You ever think, is there music playing somewhere? That's so weird. I don't even know. There's like, there is music playing. Someone, I was kind of confusing me a little bit. I'm like, I don't know. It is. It's really strange. It's freaking me out. Because um, it's not planned. You ever, now it's growing up, you ever think that what you ate is what you become? You ever have that? Yeah, like, I'm not talking about Willy Wonka stuff, like that kind of thing, but like what you ate. So I love baseball. I, I showed Ricky Henderson. I love baseball. And, um, I mean, I played baseball, and so I would always eat Big League Chew. Ever do Big League Chew? Yes. It's like the worst gum ever. It, like, dissolved in your mouth. It was horrible. But I, every time I played baseball, I had to have Big League Chew because apparently everyone chewed something while they were playing baseball, and it made them better. And so I did that. I would consume that. I would take it in. Take in Big League Chew. I, there's something great inside of you. What is anointing? We just read a scripture. What is anointing? You have this anointing that God has put inside of you. That word anointing is just a fancy word that means God has given you his spirit and has graced you with the ability to accomplish specific tasks and ultimately his will. His will is simple. His will is just pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's his will. His will is to live a thankful life. His will is to exude his love, is to display his love everywhere you go. 
That's what he's given you, this task, this anointing, this deposit that's in you. When you come and receive from the Lord, when you read his word, when you pray, there's something being put in you. It's not just there to stay, it's to be poured out. It's to be poured out. You have an anointing. Every one of you in this room, you have an anointing all through scripture. Anointing is usually represented by oil. It says each of us in this room have given a measure of anointing or a jar of anointing. Every one of us. This represents every one of us in this room. We all have been given this jar of anointing. There's something in us and something a part of us. You've been given something. It's as if your life is this jar and God has filled your jar with oil. He's filled you with everything. I'm going to make a mess, just so you know. He's filled you with everything that you need. This jar. I'm kind of thirsty now. A little floaty. Everything that you need, that's you. That represents you. And the presence of God, or the anointing of God, the Spirit of God is in you. And that's great. We love that. We come to church. We worship with the band. We get excited. We got God in us. Awesome. But that's not to be the end. That, that's not where it stops. It's not just supposed to be me. Woo-hoo, I got God. He's in me. No, there's got to be more than that. God wants you to do something with that. God wants what he deposits in you. He wants what he gives you for you to do something with that and not hanging on a wall. I've got to do so. I've got to put it into action. And so I believe God is calling us, urging us to live an upside down life because What he puts in us, he wants to come out. I think that's a problem and some areas of difficulty we have as a church or as believers. God puts something in us and it stays. Or we just do this. I don't know. I'm just going to go halfway. It's kind of cool. It's kind of dripping out but not pouring out. I don't want to make any splashes or get anything on anybody, you know. They just, they don't, just don't, no, no, I don't want to get them all wet. But I believe God has called us to live an upside-down life where we just pour ourselves out with what he's put inside of us. I'm going to hurry. I'm almost done. I believe God is calling us not to play it safe, not to hold it in. Don't wait on someone else to do it, to do something, to take a step, to make a difference, to go all in, to push all your chips forward. Going all in for God. The kingdom of God works best upside down. The kingdom of God works best upside down. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's kind of upside down. It's backwards to the world. It's upside down. If someone punches you, turn the other cheek that's upside down. It's different. It's strange. 
If they steal your jacket, give them your shirt. All right? That's upside down. It's a little bit strange, but ultimately that's love. I want to change the world. You know what my world is? My world is like Royal Oak, Kellogg Elementary. That's where my kids go. I want to make sure that their world is protected and changed and we can be a light where that we can. I want to help do that. My world is, is going and, and, and spending time and teaching Bible studies in that world. I want to help do that. What has God graced you? What areas of life has he put you in to pour yourself out? Let me say that better. To pour what he's put in you out. Not you. Don't pour yourself out. Because I can't help anybody. Pour what God's put in you out. I guess for some of us, we have been this way far too long that what's inside is a little stale. We need to pour it out just so something else can be poured in. Something new, something fresh. Maybe that's why you're here today. I'm glad you're here. Maybe you're here today like, there's this crazy guy that gets up and preaches. He wears skinny jeans. He's kind of funny, a little weird. He's, but that's kind of his mantra. <laughs> the Lord said the first will be last and the last will be first. Whoever wants to save his life must lose it. And whoever loses his life will find it. That's upside down. That's crazy. But that's the life he's calling us to. There's a story in the Bible in 2 Kings. There's this woman, she's, she's lost her husband. She's a widow. Her husband passes away. She has tons of debt. She has two boys that are about to be taken away from her to pay for the debt that her husband owes. She doesn't know what she's going to do. There's a prophet, a man of God, that comes to her house to help her, hears of her need. And begins to ask her questions. And he says, what do you have in your house? You have anything? She says, I have nothing. Well, I have a little bit of oil. I have just a little bit. It's not a lot. But I have a little bit. Well, do you have nothing or do you have a little bit? <laughs> a lot of times there's some of us in, our, in this room that we think our little bit is nothing. So therefore, we don't do anything. I, I can't play the piano. I can't preach. I can't play the congas. Thank God. We think because I can't do this, I, I can't fit into that mold, that, that so I don't do anything. I just don't take a step. I think that's where she was. She saw her little bit as nothing, though it was something. She says, well, I have a little bit of oil. He says, bring me that. I love how God takes small things and turns them into miracles. He said, bring me what you have. And he says, hey, tell your boys to go through the neighborhood and borrow a bunch of vessels. Go get as many as you can. Imagine going to those homes. Um, can I borrow some vessels? Man, they know her story. You going to sell them? What are you going to do with them, girls? What's going to happen? They know what's going on. Borrowed as many vessels as she could. And they get them to the house, and the Bible says that, that the prophet and the woman, they begin to pour the oil. 
And as long as she continued to have the opportunity to pour, the oil never stopped. We always preach about, man, if they would have just borrowed more vessels, if they would borrow more vessels. Nah, that's the negative part of it. The fact that she just poured it out. And God says, there you go. I just keep flowing. If you'll just live an upside down life, you'll never run out. You see, the reason why we live this way is we're afraid we're going to lose something. The economy of God says, if you'll live an upside down life, it's all good. It just keep flowing. It'll just keep happening for you. It'll just keep going. I just, I never get enough sleep, Pastor Robbie. I don't know if I can serve on Sunday. I promise you, if you come serve on Sunday, you'll be the most rested person. I promise. It happens. I don't know how I have energy to speak up here. God does something. If you'll pour yourself out, God will just keep pouring, keep blessing you. I believe that does. Why why do we not live an upside down life? Why do we not do it? Any thrill seekers in the room? I'm not a thrill seeker. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I'm not going to do that. I do enjoy a good roller coaster every now and then. I'm not afraid of rolling, you know, you're on the click, 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 click. That's kind of scary. I do say that prayer, you know, God forgive me my sins just in case this doesn't turn out well. Going on it, my kids are with me. I'm as brave as I can be as their dad. I'm good on those roller coasters, but the ones I will not go on, the ones that go upside down, count me out. I'm not into that. Why? Because when they go upside down, I know gravity still works. So I have to trust the thing that I'm harnessed to. And the 14-year-old who's running the roller coaster, I think about these things. That I'm going to be safe. Because when you go upside down, no control. I've let everything go. I've given myself over to what has a hold of me. See, when you live an upside down life, a strange life. You've given yourself up to that which has a hold of you. I'm just going to trust you, God. I'm just going to pour myself out. Moving 1,400 miles away from our family in Houston, Texas, coming and starting a church and throwing everything we have, all of our time, money, and resources, because we believe in what God's doing here. We've just emptied ourselves out. So here you go, God. We're going to trust that you're going to keep the oil flowing. And I believe what God has put something inside of you today. It's not just to stay inside of you. It's to share tomorrow when you go to work. What is it? What, what, do, I, what do I share? I don't know. What's God put inside of you? What word has he given you? What... What have you felt? What, what have you touched? What have you read? What, have, what has God done to you? Maybe it's just to buy someone Starbucks. Maybe it's just to tell them that, hey, I want you to know that I've been working with you for a couple years. I've never had a conversation with you. My name is knocking on your neighbor, delivering some cookies on their door, not on them. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe sending your child's teacher a note and just telling them, you're doing a great job. My child is so much smarter being in your class. What is it? I don't know. Calling someone up that did you wrong and just saying, hey, I want you to know I love you. I'm sorry. Fall on the sword. I don't know. I don't know. That's strange, Robbie. Yep. Kind of the title. I don't know. I just feel God is calling us. He's deposited something in us. That this week you're going to have an opportunity for it to be drawn out. Poured out. You believe that? You receive that today? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you. We thank you for this incredible opportunity that we have today to be in your house and to hear your word. God, every day something great gets deposited in our lives. We see it. It's around us. It's happening. We can look to the trees. We can look to the sky. We can look to our surroundings and see the good things that are being deposited in us. God, as great as those things are going in, let us be good stewards of them and let it be poured out. Let us share love with others. Let us express your goodness with others. Let us, let, let, let's involve ourselves in serving and doing something and making ask you, God, that you just bless every person in this room. That you would pour your anointing out on them so they can in turn pour what you've put in them on others. I ask you, God, just to do something in all of us and let us grow as a community and let us grow as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stand with me. Bible says that there was two men. One was named Paul, the other was named Silas. They were preaching the gospel. They were the gospel alive in the New Testament. They were sharing their faith. They were preaching. They were Christians and they were locked into prison. They're in prison and they begin to pray and sing praises unto God and an earthquake happened. Around everyone, there was fear. It was crazy. But the very thing that people were afraid of ultimately set Paul and Silas free. Ultimately freed the gospel. There's a lot of shaking going around in our country today. In our communities. This is a great opportunity for the church. This is when the church light should shine bright. This is when we should walk out and show the love of Christ and share our faith. What scared the many released the few. The gospel, share it this week. Tell someone about Jesus. Let them know who he is and what he's done in your life. Amen.
Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Come back next week, 10 o'clock.